Bibles, we're going to go to Numbers 13, my favorite book, back there again. Uh, Numbers 13, verse 33 is the one we're going to read, the start, um, we'll read the rest of the story in a few minutes. Um, we had to pick a, a text, uh, it would be this. most of us are familiar with. I've been in church for a while. I know I pride myself on preaching about things that maybe we don't normally would ever hear, but uh, not so tonight. <laughs> Numbers 13 and 33 says, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight uh, just want to preach a few minutes uh, on eyes of faith let's just pray one more time together before we get into this Jesus God I thank you for your presence that's here God your anointing God I pray that you continue to move God I pray anoint our our eyes and our ears, God, to hear and see what you want to do in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name, God, anoint my, my mouth as I speak, God, that whatever you need to say will be said. In Jesus' name, I pray. God, let your word go forth clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can uh, grab a seat if you'd like. Or stand. I haven't offered that in a while. That's not what might take me up on. Oh, there we go. Um, it's just a simple message uh, tonight, and I don't, I don't know, do that too often, maybe. But, and I know it's going to sound a little weird, um, but a lot of times, or too often, we look through our own eyes. Well, we're all going to look through. <laughs> I'm here already. Too often we look through our own eyes, and too often we look at what we can just see, and that's that's it. You know, I can't see this situation working out, so it probably won't. Or um, I can't see this happening, so it doesn't happen. Or we don't pray for it because it's not going to happen anyway. What's the point, right? And the Israelite spies, um, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Obviously, they weren't grasshoppers, because that would be awkward and weird. God delivers a bunch of grasshoppers from Egypt, and then they go wandering through the desert. And, I mean, if they were grasshoppers, they probably wouldn't have gotten noticed, but they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And so they didn't think that they could possess the land. Instead of looking through eyes of faith, they looked at it uh, the way they would naturally look at it. And because, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, or if you believe it or not, our eyes can deceive us sometimes. Amen. I've got a few pictures here if Cheryl is ready. This one is a familiar one, and if you were here earlier, you would have seen it. Uh, 
This is a picture of a lovely young lady. As you can see, looking over her shoulder. Or perhaps it's an ugly old woman looking down. I don't know. Some of us, when we saw, we might have saw the young lady. Some of us might have saw the handsome old lady. I don't know if you can see both or not. Has everybody seen both yet? They got that. Same picture. Two different visuals. We know the next one. This is a picture that broke the internet a few years ago. I see black and blue. Other people see gold and white. I don't know how. Does anyone see gold and white? What is wrong with you? It's, it's clearly black and blue. I don't know. We're looking at the same thing. Half of you are crazy. Half of you see it the right way. <laughs> I can't even see the gold. I don't know. But one thing can look different based on our perspective or the way our brains are wired, apparently. Things can look different, and it's the same thing. If we have the next one, does anyone see a triangle there? There's no triangles. There's no lines making a triangle, but we all see a triangle. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's a nice white triangle there in the middle, right? No, you what makes a triangle? Three lines. <laughs> Connected. <laughs> but we all see something that doesn't exist. And uh, the next one, you've seen this one, this is old. It's impossible. How are there three but there's two on one end. I don't know. But we see it. We see something impossible. One more. Those are crooked, right? But they're not. <laughs> they're all parallel lines. But my brain's telling me they're crooked. But if you take a ruler, they are straight, which doesn't make sense. And so our, our eyes, we can see things differently. We can, um, like the triangles, we can see something that doesn't exist. We can see something impossible, or we can see things falsely. <laughs> Does that look straight to anyone? I'm oh, sorry, it's okay, Cheryl. <laughs> it did not, I don't know. If you did, that's good for you. You got a good eye, I don't know. Most of us... Those were not straight. <laughs> so we can't trust our eyes. Some of us even have to wear glasses because our eyes aren't good enough. Things farther away are blurry and out of focus, right? You know if you get to that thing that's blurry, it's not going to be blurry when you get there. <laughs> Unless you're really blind. You know, or maybe it's the things that are close. You got to, you know, my mother's reading like this now. Right. You know, there's mirages where it causes you to see things that aren't there. Um, you know, nighttime, in the, in the dark, you can't see things that are there. Um, 
you know, blurry, whatever. There's, there, our eyes aren't always the most reliable things. I've told you the story before about myself in Brockville, uh, seeing a green light where the officer behind me saw a red one. I don't know. I think he was crazy, but he had the gun, so I had to pay a ticket. I still swear it was, it was green. I don't know how that works. Those are opposites, but might have been <laughs> So our eyes aren't the most reliable, and the same type of thing goes spiritually as well. Our eyes and our minds are not the most reliable things. And so we need to trust Jesus more than what we can see. We need to trust God more than what we can see. We need to trust His Word more than what we can see. So we need to look through eyes of faith instead of physical eyes. So Numbers 13, verse 26 to 33 it says, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran um, and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. So these, these guys come and they give this report. This is what they saw. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let, let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We will we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land though which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Just eating people. The land. That's awesome. <laughs> and all the people that uh, that we saw in it are men of great stature. And then we saw giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. They said we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as, as grasshoppers. And so they believed they were in the sight of the, the others. So Israel, the story, as you may know, that they were just about to take the promised land. They had been led out of Egypt. Across the desert, they've been provided for every step of the way with water, food, warmth, and shelter. And so here, you know, here they are at the border of the land that God's promised to give them. The same God who a little while ago had parted the Red Sea for them. The same God who gave them manna and quail and the Ten Commandments. The God who, who delivered them and led them here. And, you know, they decided they would send out 12 spies to scout out the area to case it out or to figure out you know, what the plan would be and see what they're up against. And two guys came back and gave a good report full of faith, Joshua and Caleb. And Caleb said, let's go up and possess it for we're able to overcome it. And we know that Joshua is the one that led them there eventually. But the other ten guys had a bad report. And even though the land was, was awesome and was bountiful and had great crops and was way better than the desert they were living in, they thought that the people that that were living there, that they'd have to conquer with the help of God. They thought that they were too strong and too big and too mighty. 
And all 12 of these men saw the same thing. All 12 of them tasted the same grapes. They all walked in the same places. They all saw the same picture. But there were two different perspectives. The main difference in verse 33 was, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. The 10 looked through their own sight and they saw the promised land through their own sight. And it's a tough thing not to do. And they may have been right. Like, who knows? The Israelites, they weren't an army. And they weren't trained in combat or warfare. You know, they weren't, they didn't have a general. They didn't have, you know, all that stuff. They were slaves. They made bricks. You know, they weren't battle-tested warriors. They can go build a wall real quick or build a pyramid or whatever they were doing. They could do that. But as far as fighting, they, they weren't really you know, experts in that. But they forgot about God. And when we are faced with a circumstance or a challenge, it's natural and easy for us to look through our eyes. And that's what we do. That's how we see things. Through our eyes. No. It's incurable. We hear. And that's that. There's nothing we can do. They're too far gone. These are things we hear, and that's we just accept it, and that's how it is. We look at a situation and we can't see any way out, so we throw in the towel or we get upset and we decide right there that it's not gonna happen and we give up. And it's easy to do that, it's natural even to do that. But we can't forget about God because that's where He works in the impossible. What we see as impossible is an opportunity for him to move. But if we quit because of what we can see or how we figure it's going to happen or work out, then we will never see it. And the ten looked through their own eyes and they based everything off of what they could see and how their minds pictured it. And Joshua and Caleb saw the same thing, but they put God into the equation. They remember what God had already done for them, how he led them and protected them and delivered them. And as far as they were concerned, if God had done that this morning, if he had provided for us this morning, why was he going to stop tomorrow when we tried to take this land? Why was he going to stop now? And they look through the eyes of faith. And when we are in a bad place, we need to get out of our heads and stop overthinking things and remember how God's come through before and remind ourselves that he will do it again. On Wednesday night, we wrote down things that God's done to prove his love for us, to remind ourselves when we're in a situation where it feels like we're separated from God, to remind ourselves that he does. We need to sometimes get out of our head and stop overthinking and remind ourselves of what God's done and remember that if he's done it before, he can do it again. Don't talk yourself out of the promise. It's so easy to look and say, well, that'll never happen. They just walked through the desert. They were just delivered. They walked through a sea. They saw an entire army destroyed. But he's not going to do it now. Like, that doesn't... When they look through their own eyes, don't leave God out of the equation. It's easy to look at and say, that'll never happen. The church will never grow. They'll never be saved. They'll never be healed. They'll never be changed. They'll never have peace and joy again. They'll never go anywhere. I'll do anything or whatever the circumstance or situation is. But we can't leave God out of the equation. We need to look through eyes of faith. And Israel chose to look through human eyes and ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 more years. And I'm not saying that we don't need to face reality. 
We shouldn't ignore reality and pretend things aren't happening. It's like, oh, well, well it's going to be fine, and then walk away. <laughs> but instead, we need to claim the promises of God and look at the reality through the eyes of faith. You know, if you get news that you've got a, a disease, for example, you're like, yeah, well, forget that. That never happened. And just deny it. But you look at it like, well, God says that he can heal. Well, I'm going to look at it this way. Not just pretend it's not happening or pretend, you know, walk away and just turn your back to it and it's not, it's not going on. But look at it through eyes of faith. God had promised Israel that he would give them their own land, and he had led them right up to it. And instead of claiming that promise, they looked at the challenge and were like, well, that's, it's been fun, guys. It's been a good walk. See you later. We're just going to wait here. We need to look at the situation and then look at the promises of God. If you are in a situation and you feel weak and overwhelmed, Isaiah 40 and 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, to the weak, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. So if you're feeling weak, overwhelmed, there's a promise for you. When you're faced with a situation and you don't know how you're going to make it financially, Matthew 6 and 31 to 33 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Put him first and he'll take care of the rest. When you're in a situation and you're facing a disease or sickness, Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. When you're in a situation and you feel like you are alone, all you need to do is call. Psalm 145 and 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him, and to all that call upon him, in truth, all you need to do is call. If you've wandered or you're lost in sin and don't feel like you can come home, 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And these are just a few of the promises in the Word of God. You can read it. You'll find all kinds of promises that you can claim. And look at your situation through eyes of faith. Peter says, first, or 2 Peter 1 and 4, in the modern English, it's a little clearer. It says, by which he hath given us exceedingly and great and precious promises, so that through these things you may become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. He says, God has given us promises so that we can claim them and we can overcome the world. And that is how we look through eyes of faith. Right now, I feel alone. But I know that he said he will never leave me or forsake me. Right now I'm sick, but I know his word says that he heals. Right now I'm lost, but I know that he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And right now I feel unloved, but I know that greater love have no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for a friend. Right now, right now I feel like this, but I know his word says this. So looking through the eyes of faith is looking at our situation, but through his word and what his word says and holding on to those promises. God said he would give them 
the land. And all they had to do was look through that and say, well, if God said he's going to give it, I just need to go there and I need to start walking and he's going to deliver it. He's going to give it to us because that's what he said. But instead they looked at what it looked like and they said, well, we can't do it. So if we take our situation and look at it through his word and look at it through the promises of God and look at it through eyes of faith, that's what we need to do. Israel should have known. God had promised them the land. He was going to help them. They looked at it wrong. <clears throat> you need to look through the eyes of faith and don't be limited by what you see or by your own abilities. Whether you think you're small or not strong enough or not good enough or not whatever, talented enough or whatever it is. Look at it through eyes of faith and let God move and let God open our I'm almost done. Be careful. Told you it was going to be quick. Simple. Yep. Romans 4, verse 16 to 22. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promises might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, for when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises, the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore was imputed to him for righteousness. Paul's talking about Abraham. God told Abraham that he was going to make him a father of many nations. And now Abraham's 100 years old. And we all know, generally aren't having babies at 100 years old. His wife's 90. None of you guys are 90 yet. I don't think any of you want to be having children right now anyway. And Abraham knew that his situation was impossible. Having kids at that age is very very unlikely, even more unlikely that they'd be healthy and everything would be fine. But God had promised it. And so Abraham just believed it. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. God had given him a word. He held on to it. Not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, they were too old. But he, he didn't look at it that way. He looked at it through eyes of faith. That this God said it, so it's going to happen. God has promised it, so he believed it, and, he, and it happened. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God, he says. He kept his, own, he kept his focus. On God and it came to pass.
I was a simple one. Short, sweet. Bible school, I told us, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. I'm trying to do that. Let's, let's stand. We're going to open the altar. What I'd like us to do is bring our situations to God tonight. We've got things that we're going through as individuals, as families, as, as people. Things that are happening that maybe no one else knows about. And when we look at it, it looks like it's not going to work out. When we look at it, it looks like you don't know what's going to happen. We're going to bring that situation to God tonight and evaluate it in the light of God's promise. What God said in His Word. Then look at it through eyes of faith. Claim that promise. All Israel had to do was, you know, we could do it. There's millions of them, and ten of them persuaded the rest. We're going to open the altar. You're going to bring your situation, your circumstance to God. Look at it through eyes of faith. Claim that promise tonight. In Jesus' name. He wants to do a work. We have to let him. We have to believe. We have that faith. In Jesus' name. Amen.